Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Friday afternoon before the 4th of July and the last day of June. And another edition of the Madden Report. Talking real estate with Wes Madden. Madden Real Estate. In studio, here's Wes Madden. Good day. Good good day, A. (laughs) Good day, A. (laughs) We're just mentioning... uh, before we went on the air, that tomorrow is a holiday for our friends to the east. That's right. It's their 4th of July, I guess you would say. The, so, is good it their day, day. I should know this. Canada, is it their day of independence? Yeah. Forgive me for my ignorance. Yeah, okay. it, it would be. Yeah. Semi-independent. Kind of. Because they still have the queen and all their money. Oh. Yeah, so. They just said, let loose, but, you know, we'll keep your picture on the money. <laughs> and uh, they said, okay. So they said, hey, the way they went. That's the history for Canada today. Your, your Canadian history lesson. There you go. Maple uh, syrup, hockey, Canadian bacon. Basketball. <laughs> we, love, we love our Thanks Canadian. Thanks to all our ca- Canadian friends out there. Yeah. I know some great, some great Canadians. Great people. And some good people from Canada, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Well, how's it look in the middle of summer? Well, you know, I don't know what happened to our son. We, we've been we've been enjoying the. Was this like a a banner week or what? Oh, this has been awesome. Jeez, it's tough I, to be working. I know. That's why I'm thinking. Well, I'm ready for that break. You got big plans? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just barbecue and eat and. Sit in the backyard and watch the birds and barbecue some more and then eat some more. And yeah, that 4th of July is. What What are your plans? God bless America. You going to blow up stuff? Uh, you know, no. I, no? I, I'm doing a little bit of the same. Relaxing, yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. special. I'd say my fireworks for New Year's Eve. There you there go. You, yeah. And then you can see them. Tim Hudson with us. Or Tim Henry, excuse me. Right. I had Tim Hudson in here this morning, so now we have Tim Henry. Now here. we got Tim Henry. Yeah, and you, and you know, when Tim's in studio, you know you're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. And we encourage mm-hmm. people to call in. So yes, if you have questions today, this is the opportunity. What and, does Tim specialize in? So Tim, yeah, Tim, you want me to steal your fire? or Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Wes. Tim's the owner of uh, Arctic Engineering, and if you didn't, you know, if you live under a rock and you haven't listened to the show at all, um, Tim's our resident expert, um, structural engineer, um, who happens to do home inspection, septic, uh, well and septic inspections. Uh, Tim is a, a wealth of knowledge, really, in Anything involving um, construction in the Arctic, and and so we're lucky to have him on the show. 
And Fairbanks, it's such a unique place to live. You know, we have some really unique construction. I know people have questions out there. Um, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of unique things going on around Fairbanks. We have weird soil conditions. Um, we've got, uh, weird construction standards or maybe lack of standards, some would say. <laughs> There's, lack there's of quite no, the variety. Lack, lack of notation. Lack of notation of what might, might be there when you start digging. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, Sometimes sir. you get in there and you don't realize that there was already something there. Yep. So yeah, it's. Uh, I never could have imagined that, you know, if, as a, as an engineer studying structural engineering, that there'd be virtually an unlimited supply of work in a place like Fairbanks, with an unlimited amount of structural problems. <laughs> It's Need- all over town. It's Need- really, it's really interesting. Yeah, needless to say, he's very busy. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, sometimes you know, just like a busy restaurant, you know, they that, that has the best, uh, the best food. Tim, you know, Tim's busy for a reason. So, uh, much like Madden Real Estate, and we just appreciate him making the time to come into the studio and offer, um, you know, his expertise. But I got to tell you, you know, for the listeners that are listening, and if you haven't bought or sold a house um, recently. You probably don't understand that that um, on on virtually if if you're selling a house and you're obtaining mortgage financing, you're going to have to test that well in septic. Mm-hmm. That's okay. true. Um, if if and if you're getting a buyer that is somewhat educated on the process, hopefully being represented by a realtor, you're probably going to be obtaining a home inspection as well. And so um, you know, and for a lot of sellers, they're pretty apprehensive about. Oh geez, here comes this home inspector coming in. They're going to ding me with a with a lot of stuff, all these safe, sound, sanitary things, and that's really kind of the three buzzwords that we use because Tim's having to interpret the code, right? And yep. a lot of our houses are built outside of really the city limits, where that's really the only code enforcement in the interior. Yep. Um, so that's where Tim's expertise and and I would say his judgment comes in as far as you know what to flag. How to, you know, the, the, the remedy by which, um, you know, we're asking the seller to rectify the challenge, you know, whatever the issue is. Um, and that's where I really appreciate Tim because instead of, you know, it is very reasonable. And I've never, and the thing that I do appreciate about Tim is I can have my sellers call him, ask questions. Tim always makes the time to explain, um, you know, the, the write-ups, um, or help the seller come up with a solution that works for all parties. And so for that, Tim, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Yep, I, I appreciate the comment there. It's um, you know, it, it's tough sometimes. We go through these houses, and sometimes we find some some pretty expensive problems. And um, you know, we don't we don't like to see that. It's, some of these are sort of tragic. Um, you know, one thing I want to mention just real quick though. So when we go through a house for a buyer, traditionally, you know, the buyer hires an engineer. They go through. And um, we're kind of looking at the house together, discovering things together. And when when there's something that is discovered that um, is, you know, potentially expensive or something to do with a foundation or a, a leak in the roof, sometimes sometimes it's not that big of a deal. But I, ha- I observe a lot of uh, reactions from buyers on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And there's something something changes on those buyers, and, and uh, uh, sometimes they... They're not sure if they want the house anymore because they say, "Wow, it has a foundation problem." Well, maybe, maybe the foundation problem. It's like you know, a thousand bucks, a couple thousand bucks. It's not that big of a deal. Like we can solve this problem, right? Um, and and that's just those two words, though. Right. Foundation right. problem. Right, and yeah. then you know, then they sort of imagine like, well, what you know, how big is this going to be? It sounds sounds big. 
Um, but it can had, be remedied. Right, right. You know, in, most, in most cases. Yeah. I've worked on houses around town. We've lifted houses over a foot where they, they have sh- shifted and moved on one side. Um, foundations buckling in, like, there, there's a huge variety of, of pretty substantial, uh, structural issues that we come across on what I'd consider a re- fairly regular basis. They're, they're totally fixable. These things can be worked around. But if people suspect that maybe there's a problem, or if they have, you know, water coming into their crawl space or their basement or something isn't quite right, they might consider um, getting a pre-listing inspection before they actually list the house for sale. And that way they can kind of get ahead of the game and get those things resolved before before they have the buyers there to, to see those problems. Um, it can all be worked through. Um, so uh, today... I, I'm going to chat a little bit about septics. So around Fairbanks, we have uh, a lot of changing soil conditions. And over the last couple of years, it seems like things have been a lot wetter um, than, than, than they were many years ago. And there's places around town where uh, a traditional septic system has worked for many, many years. Um, and, and, and currently, the ground is just too wet. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work. And we've seen some really strange things recently, up, like up on, on some of the hills even. You're way up on a hill. And part of the septic installation process is that when you when you go to put your new leach field in, they have to do a test hole. They dig the test hole. Maybe they'll come back from lunch an hour later, and the thing's full of water. It, it fills up to the top. You think, well, this is weird. We're up on a hill, you know. What's happening? And there's a lot of really saturated ground. Um, and those th- there's there's solutions for those too. You know, there's there's raised septic systems. There's there's alternatives that. You know, these, these issues can be overcome. But part of the septic testing, um, you know, it, it can be expensive because septics are expensive. They don't tend to last a long time up in Fairbanks because the soil is so cold. There's a lot of, um, there isn't really much uh, bacteria degradation yeah. going on inside that tank. You know, whenever you dig them up, it's like it doesn't matter how many solids are in that thing. It is, it's pretty dead. There's not much happening in there. Right. Um, you know, there's no bugs eating it. It's just the ground is like 40 degrees, 45 degrees. It's so cold, uh, even in even in the middle of July. So, um, if people have questions, please call in. Um, you know, this the septic thing. It's it's interesting in a place like Fairbanks, Alaska, because you go down to the states and you can put a system in, and it's like 20, 30 plus years, and it's still yep. working. Mm-hmm. And you know, they look at you funny, like, why would I pump? Why would I pump the septic? Like every year, what a waste of money. Well, up here you just have to do that yeah. because any any amount of grease and stuff that ends up in the system, and it, it, sometimes it's not even like you're intentionally putting grease in, but, you know, you make lasagna or something and you end up with grease in the pan and it just, it just happens, you know. Right. Well, it doesn't go anywhere. It just sits in the tank. And then if it gets mm-hmm. too full, it, it ends up plugging up your leach field. Um and another issue, even, uh, you know, a lot of people around Fairbanks are on water softeners. Yep. And those water softeners, um, if you're um, if you're unlucky enough to have, like, really poor quality water, some people even have multiple systems to filter out. Some of them take the iron out. Maybe they have another sif- system that takes out, um, you know, tannins or something out of the water. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, yeah, you know, we use six or eight bags of salt every month. Well... All that salt, it's going in your septic system. Mm-hmm. I've dug up septics 
leach fields where there's almost a salt layer on the thing. Yep. You know, and they say, oh, yeah, we use 15, 20 bags a year of salt. Well, that's 15, 20 bags of salt going into your leach field every year. And, and that, that contributes to them yeah. not lasting That salt doesn't evaporate, does it? it no. Just, it ends up in the leach field. Well, not to mention it's going into that, that steel septic yeah. tank. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the steel septic <laughs> tanks, you know. You can't Probably make this stuff up. Yeah. I mean, you know. Four five seven forty six thirty six. the number here. Four five seven four six three six. if you have a question for Tim here. Probably the youngest septic tank I've seen, steel tank, that was rotted out. It was 12 years old. You know, it's sort of uh, standard to, like, have it pumped out when you're putting a new leach field on. You can put a camera down and check the baffles, or you can kind of unearth it and then look. The bottom of this thing, it was, it was complete Swiss cheese after 12 years. You think, well, this is such a tragedy because these things are expensive. You know, you have a, a septic tank and leach field, and you know, like eight to $10,000, assuming there's no lift station. Um, you know, if possible, if at all possible, I recommend people use a plastic septic tank. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some scenarios where if you're up on a hill and the tank has to be buried really deep. Yep. This, the plastic just can't take the soil pressure. It, it, it is at risk of collapsing. Um, but, you know, if you have kind of a flat spot, the tank doesn't have to be unusually deep. I'd go with the plastic septic tank. No, for the most part, none of the installers up here in Fairbanks put in concrete tanks. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a great way to go too, except they can't just, they can't just lift up the concrete septic tank with their backhoe. And that's the reason they don't install them. You got to get a little crane out there to set them. They do that down the, commonly used in lower 48. Though, yes, right? yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, you set a concrete septic tank, it's, you know, 50 years later, it's it's still working. Yeah. It, you know. You know, it's funny, Charlie, it, it's not really funny, but uh, what's interesting is uh, exact same issues that Michael Brown was talking about when he was in here last month, mm-hmm. talking about the what he's seeing out there yeah. in the field, you know, so you're hearing it from... Those that have used their homemade septic tanks, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. We, and, you know, part of that, um, there's many homemade systems that we've tested where they're working and they're working pretty good. Um, but do they pass your checklist? We, I mean, we, we cannot certify those. Yeah. You know, we um, recently we put a camera down in the tank and it was constructed out of corrugated uh, steel and it was kind of buckling in on the sides. The lid of this thing was wood planks and they were kind of rotted, <clears throat> kind of uh, caving in on the top. Um, <clears throat> you know, it works works great. But it's not legal. But it's not going to pass the test. You know. And uh, you, you earlier you caught yourself. You were going to mm-hmm. rectify the challenge. <laughs> and then you said rectify the situation. Yeah. But the situation very well could be the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With, with what we have up here to, to deal with. Yeah. It's, it, it's uh, you know. I thought that was pretty good, though. Rectify the challenge. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Some of them are real challenging, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> And, um, you know, there's areas in North Pole, for example, the water table is changing also. And that can be a real challenge. We have a caller coming in, line one. Let's pick it up. Howdy. Uh, good afternoon. You're on with Wes Madden. Hi. This is Joe Homebuyer. Mr. Joe Homebuyer, what can we do for you? <laughs> well, I had a question. What, what all is included in a home inspection? What's the number one problem you find? Well, I always tell buyers... Um, for a home inspection, it's my goal to get through everything in the house that's accessible. We're going to look through all of the electric panels, of course. 
Um, we're going to test the heating system, cycle all the zone valves, make sure there's no like sticking heating zone somewhere. We'll look inside the roof, check out the roof framing, you know, the crawl space. We're going to be going through this thing, every every part of it that's accessible to see is there any water issues, is there um, does this thing meet code, and um, to, to ultimately have no surprises for a buyer after they move in and they buy this thing. When people spend a whole bunch of money on a house. Nobody, nobody wants to be surprised by some unknown after they, shortly after they buy it. And, and, and your, your inspection is not limited to just inside the house. I mean, you're looking, you, you usually show up before the, the buyer actually gets there. Um, yeah, we and... usually spend about three hours or so. We'll go through the outside, you know, even, even in, even in the winter, we'll, we'll clear off a little bit of snow on, on the section of the roof, check out the shingles. I want to give the buyers an idea of like, you know, about, about how long do they have, you know, before they have to replace the shingles, how much life remaining. You know, the boiler and the heating system, all these expensive components, it's good for them to understand, you know, what, what they're buying, what they have, how much, how much life left do they have in them. Mm -hmm. And is there any, you know, is there going to be any big expensive things coming up that, uh, you know, that could affect them after they buy it? Because that's, that's not good either. And, and we see that quite a bit, you know, where, where people, um, people discover something and they, they tell me, say, man, Tim, I wish, I wish I'd known that about my house when I bought the thing. And, um, I mean, I, I like to hear it, I guess, because it's like, oh, well, that's nice. You know, I found, you know, something, but, um, but I wish that they knew before they bought it. Right. Well, I think one of the things, and Joe, uh, if you're still on, one of the things that's, uh, also valuable is not only is he just flagging items that need to be corrected, but also giving the buyer preventative maintenance ideas like, Hey, this isn't a problem now and it's not going to be on the report, but you're going to want to stay on top of this so it doesn't become a problem in the future. And that's going to save you. That's going to allow you to, um, add that to your, you know, your yearly maintenance checklist and, and, and make sure that you're doing those things to, to safeguard your, your valuable investment. Yep. And, and there's a lot of people moving up here, you know, really warm climates. They're coming up from Florida or somewhere. They don't have, they, they never had a boiler before. Like, what's this hydronic heating system? Like, what about the wood stove? You know, how do we clean the chimney? Um, and, and, you know, electric heat trace for the well. Like, you know, when does this thing have to come on? These are all things sort of just living in Alaska nuances that we like to cover so people feel comfortable when they're moving into their new house and they, they feel comfortable operating this thing. Because um, it can be complex, you know. You get a big house with a, with, a, with a whole bunch of heating zones and a wood stove and a pellet stove in the basement and these systems and certain heat traces you got to turn on certain times of the year. Um, you know, they they may not be used to that sort of thing because maybe where, maybe where they're moving from, they just, like, plug in an air conditioner once in a while. I don't know. It's They don't even plug it in, man. They don't do anything. It just, it just works. <laughs> Did that help you out, Joe? I think Joe's gone. I okay. lost him. No, but that's no great answer though. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, what happens is low 48ers. I mean, you know, you don't have to maintain your AC unit; it just goes. All you know is yep. you come in your house and it's cool, or it's you know, or I, I switch to heat and it heats. Yep. Most of them don't know what a what their electric bill is because it was so low. So coming up here and really getting, uh, you know, taking in factoring in the cost. You know, and our wages are high. You know, we have high, we have high wages here. You know, and that's what that's what uh, you know lures a lot of people to the interior and, and to Alaska because you know if done right you can make a yeah. you make a good living for yourself. Yep. But, uh, but then a lot of times that's offset by yeah. the by the cost of living and uh, right. and yeah. you know 
taken care there's, of. There's, there's great the opportunity in a yeah. place like Fairbanks. I, I consider myself very blessed to be in a place like Fairbanks because there, I believe there's more opportunity than some other place, you know. Yep. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe inspecting houses down in, like, the lower 48 where they have, like, code jurisdictions and you got building permits, it might be totally boring to look at a house because it's, like, all correct for the most part. <laughs> Are you looking for a challenge sometimes? <laughs> oh, no. We, we see challenges every week. There's plenty of those. What is the most unusual thing you've run into or challenge, I would say? Hmm. Well, the the foundation failures are are interesting to me. Um, there, there's, a, there's a particular commercial property I'm, I'm thinking of that has been in place for about 30 years, and it's on bad ground. They knew it was on bad ground 30 years ago when they built it. And for the most part, like, it was okay. Everything was everything was staying pretty stable, and they could use it. And now, just recently in the last year, uh, it sank two feet. And they pumped the septic tank, and within an hour, it fills back up again. It, it, it's like it's up, on the, it's up on a hill, and it's, it's unusual things happening that um, is sort of unique to Fairbanks. And what it is is... Melting permafrost. Ah. Mm. Well, that, this sort of reminds me of you. Were you here for the permafrost house? Yes. Out on With the farmer's yeah. loop? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that one? That one just sort of yep. settled on both ends. And and there there's there's actually many more like that around town. Oh, really? There, there's there's many more in place. There's uh, there's uh, at least two others, the farmer's loop area that I can think of that have that have moved a total of four feet. Or more on one side of the house. Oh, real? Wow! And that just really kind of destroys the house. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't really fix that, can you? When something no, like that happens, no. no. No, some some of these have, uh, as we say, have reached the end of their economic life. <laughs> and um, you're being polite. Yes, yes. <laughs> By you know, the the frozen ground issues, it, it's it's just it, it's something that um, you know probably. Very, very few other places around the world yeah. have, have to deal with. You know, even like an artesian well, people hear about artesian wells under pressure. Well, that can happen pretty easily when you have permafrost. There's a particular house I can think of that they uh, they accidentally left the heat trace on too long. They went on vacation, and it's a it's a pres- it's a artesian pressurized well. And w- basically, when they came back. There's water coming out of the second-story windows, and there's an estimated two million gallons that flooded, and it just completely destroyed a house. You think, wow, this house is completely destroyed, and it because they left the heat trace on, and it's really unique problems that we have up here. <laughs> I have no words. For- <laughs> tell me, tell me you have. Tell me somebody has photos of that. We have photos. Oh my gosh! I you have you. a video. <laughs> wow! Yeah, only in Fairbanks. Only I mean, where, where else would you experience yeah. these these challenges? I mean, I, I suppose you know parts of Russia or parts of Canada have like yeah, permafrost too. Canada, but yeah. you know, and not not to go back to you know, not to go back to our national ranking, but thirty sixth in the nation, and these are the these are the issues and challenges that mm-hmm. we're dealing with. On a daily basis, it's absolutely. Um, oh yeah, it just you know, makes for, it that much. For a real estate transaction, I can't imagine. It. Like it's got to be easier down the states, and um, you know, Wes's Wes's crew down there, the team Madden, they uh, they do a good job of overcoming these challenges because there's a lot of them. 
I would imagine that there's more um, more unique issues on a regular basis on these houses than, than what people would typically find down the states. Yeah, it, a lot more expectation setting, you know, setting them. So by the time that, because the thing that can happen, and Tim's got great uh, bedside manner, don't get me wrong, but when you take a buyer, buyer's all excited about buying a house, and they go out on the home inspection, and then Tim gives them a, uh, an itemized 40-item list, it can be you know, somewhat daunting. And, it, and that buyer can all of a sudden, we lose, I call it the the emotional, it's like the emotional initiative. You know what I mean? That that, that momentum that you know of, of emotion that you love the house and all of a sudden. Um, Reality starts to sink in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. If, if expectations haven't been set mm-hmm. by the realtor um, that, you know, you know, and it's case by case, you know, depending on the price range, depending on the, the condition of the home, depending on what the buyer's needs are. Sometimes, um, you know, depending on what the, the needs of the buyer, sometimes they got to make an exception on a, on a house, on some things. That's true. The house isn't going to be perfect. It's a used house. Mm-hmm. And so, conv- you know, having them say, you know, so prepping them that, hey, there's probably going to be a lot of items on this, but, you know, Tim's yeah. going to explain them all. And if it's acceptable to us, we'll move forward, you know, and a lot of them are correctable. Yep. Either oh, yeah. you or the seller, and, and everything's that's fixable. That's right. Everything's fixable. That's right. Went through a really great house the other day. Terrific house. Looks great. And we go down the crawl space. There's a there's a clear watermark on the foundation wall in the crawl space. It's in kind of a pretty low lying area, yeah. not North Pole. It's, yeah, the house should shouldn't have been that low. You know, it should have been built up a bit. It's a bummer, you know. So that even that even that could be overcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that can be fixed. You can raise up the the, the, the floor level of the crawl space. Yep. Um, but their challenges is totally great houses. Whoever dug the hole for the foundation, you know, they just they should have got a little extra gravel, brought it up a little bit more. They yep. didn't, and that's uh, you know that's what we have to deal with up here. We can fix and it, and we can fix it. Mm-hmm. We can fix it. Tim, how? Okay, so the listeners that are listening, how do they get in touch with you? Three seven eight eight two one zero. They could email me, Tim at ArcticEngineering.biz. Um, ArcticEngineering.biz website. Yeah. Give me a shout if you have questions. Um, we'd love to help you out. What was your it, phone number again? Three seven eight eight two one zero. And if you totally forget about, if you forget all that, you can also go to um, you also go to our website and, and hover over about and go to partners and Tim's contact information's on there. Tim, thanks for coming in. Always learn something every time you're on. Uh, appreciate everything you do for our, for our clients. Um, to everyone else that's listening, have a safe and enjoyable uh, July 4th weekend. Um, drive your headlights. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, drive your headlights on and wear helmets. Drive with your headlights on. Yeah. And if you'd like to wear a helmet, you probably should. You probably should. Uh, Be careful uh, with the fireworks. Mostly on ATVs, but if you ought to wear one in the car, it's up to you. And happy Canada Day to all our Canadian friends out there, and happy Fourth of July. Thanks, buddy. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to take a couple days off. (laughs) All (laughs) righty. Laura Ingram next. KFBX Fairbanks. It's 1 p.m. From ABC News, I'm Scott Goldberg. Police say the shooter at a hospital in the Bronx was a former doctor who worked there. He is now dead. We get details from ABC's Aaron Katursky. Police said a doctor and former employee at Bronx Lebanon Hospital, Henry...